Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Operation Christmas Child, I'm telling you, it touches lives, not only those who receive them, but those who pack those shoe boxes and pray over them and take them to church or the collection center. It has made a difference in people's lives, and I'm one of those people that has touched our lives as a family. So today, at the end of the collection week for Operation Christmas Child and those uh, shoe boxes, we have our guest today, Edward Graham. Edward is assistant to the vice president of Operation Christmas Child. Edward, welcome to Exploring Missions. Well, thank you, Bob. I appreciate it so much for having me on. Well, it is so good to have you and Operation Christmas Child. Uh, my wife and I, uh, Edward, get to travel quite a bit. We do family revivals and other things. Yes, and just about every church and every denomination we're in, guess what they participate in? Operation <laughs> Christmas Child. It, well, that's awesome. I believe, and I, I just want to say this, I believe it's done more for the unity of the church in that aspect than anything I know. It really has. A denomination, sizes doesn't make any difference. Have you noticed? I have. And you know what? It's, I've seen it so many times because I was in the military for years. So I, I've been a part of many church families. At every church I went to, and I, I try to stay hidden or quiet, you know, typical back row Baptist, um, but how many of those churches did it? And uh, I watched them, how they blessed families. But now that I'm part of OCC and Samaritan's Purse, and as I go overseas to watch the same thing, so many churches overseas come together for the first time because of this, uh, this ministry and how God's using it. Well, that blesses uh, the church, even if they don't know it blesses them. And I I know it touches the heart of God because it's getting down to the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. And every one of those shoe boxes, they're going to carry a message that that Samaritan's Purse makes sure is uh, taking place and is in that shoe box, isn't it? Yes, sir. Well, that's... that's I tell you what, just, just to watch the prayer that goes into these shoe boxes, and that's what I love about the ministry probably the most, is those, those families that pray over that shoebox and those churches that pray over it and dedicate it before they send them off to the, uh, the collection centers. Man, those prayers, what God can use with those prayers in that box, it's just a simple gift that he just takes and magnifies and multiplies. Yesterday, uh, that was Sunday, we're pre-recording this for this weekend, but yesterday I was at the church where I'm interim pastor, and uh, they collected the shoeboxes. My wife and I prayed over hours before we left the home, and then when we got to church, different people were bringing those shoeboxes to the front, and we saw family after family just pray over the shoeboxes as they laid them there on that table, and then we had a dedication service for them. And it, it is amazing, and I, I just thank God for it. And I understand we're 168 million shoeboxes. That represents 168 children has received them. And this year the goal is 11 million. Is that right? 
Eleven million. So it's a big gold dad is here in a few years looking to celebrate two hundred million. But <laughs> it's not the number of the shoe boxes. Like it's it's those children. We yeah. call them gospel opportunities. Those shoe boxes are gospel opportunities for kids to hear the Christ because each one comes with a gospel presentation, a clear and concise gospel presentation that the churches that we partner with have been trained on how to give that to children. It's a gospel presentation that are basically a quality control. And then it's also the greatest journey that comes after that with discipleship training. And that's the coolest thing of it is these kids go out and learn how to share Christ with others after they make that decision. And with with the information we're getting back, about every six seconds in this world, a child is coming to Christ because of Operation Christmas Child. It's one of the greatest evangelical tools that's out there that God's using us and entrusts us with. I want you to repeat that because I heard it, and I want to make sure I heard it right. How many seconds now? Every six seconds, a child is coming to Christ around the world uh, because of Operation Christmas Child. And again, that's that's just a child, and a lot of these are unreached people groups. Maybe never heard child. I was in Mexico just recently with an indigenous group up in the mountains that did a church plant, and these are these are indigenous people that left when the Spanish came to hide, went to the mountains, and never came back. And I was up there to watch little children being baptized at a church dedication. Never had heard Christ. Three years ago, they used OCC, and now and they had 60 kids come to Christ. And then they led 20 of their parents to Christ. And now they have a church there. And so it's stories like that that God's using to go out and share the name of Jesus Christ. Man, it is so encouraging to see and be a part of it. Now. You used a term, and we use it quite a bit here on uh, Exploring Missions. My son usually does the program with me. He is unable to do so today. But unreached people groups, we're talking about less than 2% of that people group knowing Christ. And even many of them don't even have access to the gospel. That's right. uh, that That is amazing. In our world that we live in with all the technology, that there's a hunt, there's just so many unreached people groups, and this one was in Mexico? That's right. We were up in uh, outside of Mazlan, Mexico, which is on the Pacific Ocean. We're about six hours out of the city up in the mountains. Um, it was a rough road to get up there, but there's a little pastor named Pastor Jose um, who's got, had polio as a child, has no use of his legs, he's crippled, but a woman heard him on the radio in this village accepted Christ and invited him to come up to visit. And for years he was going up there and ministering to her in her village with no fruit. And then he partnered with Operation Christmas Child in order to do a shoebox distribution there. And it was the children, the boldness of of the children that accepted Christ and they knew no fear. They went out and they shared that hope um, with their family. And that's how God penetrated uh, this unreached people group. And we also see in some of the worlds that are, are very difficult with the gospel whether it be in, um, in Muslim parts of the world, where it's children that make the decisions and they're not afraid, even when faced with persecution with the older family members that come and talk to them over time and time again, we hear it's the boldness of a child that goes out and changes the trajectory of a community. A whole community changes because the children accepted Christ. A little child shall lead them. You know, right. uh, in, in our culture, mostly it's the father. When the father comes to Christ, Uh, 80% of the time, the whole family comes, and then the mother and the children. But in these cultures, and if you've been in a a country like this or in an area like this, you see the population of the children and how influential. And what you said, uh, they haven't learned the fear. They haven't learned that it's, quote, unacceptable 
to share their faith, and they do. Is this where uh, we find out uh, a church planting? We so it's not just evangelism. That's I mean that's Operation Christmas Child the shoebox, the discipleship that you know that the greatest journey a twelve week plan, and then multiplication is really. That's exactly what happens into the family and what happened there in Mexico and other places, isn't it? That's right. I, you know, I was also recently in Ecuador, and we talk about the greatest journey. Ten years ago, we started the greatest journey in Ecuador. Um, that was the first location to adopt it. And so I was able to go down there just to uh, a, a few months ago with my wife and visit some of these children that were 10 and 12 at the time. They're now 20, 22 years old. They're leaders in their churches. And this one young boy was telling me his story. He was in a, an uh, alcoholic family. Uh, his father was an abusive alcoholic. His mother couldn't handle it, and she left the father and her two boys, and she ran off, and he never heard from her again. And so he was left there with his father, went to a, an OCC distribution, received his gift, but it was the gospel presentation where he heard hope for the first time, and he accepted Christ. He went, though, to the greatest journey and learned how to share it, went home, shared it with his father, as he's telling me a story, I was like, well, whatever happened to your father? And he smiles, and he points over, and this he's an associate pastor of this church, but he looks over and points to his father. He's like, oh, he's running the sound system over there. He now <laughs> is part of the church and accepted Christ as well and has completely been restored and redeemed. And um, all because that young child shared Christ. But now he's going out and planting churches in other communities. And he introduced to me one of his friends that was doing a church plant that also received a shoebox with him and went through the greatest journey. And now these are bold young men and uh, women that are going out and making a difference in Ecuador and planting church. And I went to several church plants. Samaritan's Purse does not plant churches. That's not what we're called to do or what we're doing. But that's how God is using OCC in these young children who are growing up and becoming followers of Christ, but they're bold in their faith, and they're going out and planting churches. It's incredible to watch. The church plant is a result of, you know? and And... The Greatest Journey. By the way, uh, we will be promoting that here at AFR. Uh, we we not only do that Operation Christmas Child, but later on we talk about the the, the Greatest Journey, and uh, it is awesome. And we're in with it with you all the way. And and Ecuador, what a history! Because honestly, in fifty five and fifty six, because of those missionaries that were That's slain right. there. It catapulted a, you know, what Satan thought he was, he was getting rid of these five missionaries That's that were right. invading a territory of unreached people groups. But because of their story, more missionaries were called than, than any other right. time in history. And now you tell me about Ecuador was the place where the greatest journey takes place. Uh, you know, I, don't, don't you just... I love the way God says every people group, every tribe, That's right. all of them are important to him, aren't they? I'll tell you what, you bring up that story, and I love that story. And I can remember reading the book as a child that Nate Saint and his, uh, you know, his fellow uh, missionaries, we have a picture on our wall in the conference room there at Operation Christmas Child, and it's of an um, indigenous man wearing an Operation Christmas Child shirt, but he's in the front of a canoe, and he has a long pole, and he's pulling the canoe across the river with kids all holding up shoeboxes in the air. That man, the elder man that's pulling the canoe along, was one of the original spear throwers um, that killed him. And he eventually came to Christ, and now he's using OCC to go up and down the river there in Ecuador 
to bring children to Christ. Hmm. And to see the sacrifice that family made um, back in the 50s to where Ecuador is now, it is showing how God used their faithfulness and their commitment to share the name of Jesus Christ, and Ecuador will be changed forever because of them. Edward, you would know this well. We stand on the shoulders of giants. I mean, with yes. your your lineage as a um, you know as a, a Graham, how great that is. But when you hear about Ecuador and you see that happening and how they're reaching, uh, we praise God for that, and we're we're looking for God to do great things in the churches who are listening. For those of you that's just joined us, our guest today is Edward Graham. He is the vice president of of uh, the, the assistant to the vice president of the Operation Christmas Child. And, and you I guess you live in North Carolina, close to the headquarters there, right? I do. I, uh, I just moved home recently. Last, uh, I spent 16 years in the military. Uh, I decided to get out, which is not normal uh, at 16 years. Usually most people wait to 20, but I felt God called me to come and serve alongside my father. Um, it was a hard decision for me, but I can't say it's that hard when you move back to Boone, North Carolina. It's beautiful. <laughs> I live on the same road I grew up on. Oh, man. And as the crow flies, I'm only about a mile from the headquarters and uh, near the farm that I grew up on. So God has blessed me with a, a, a beautiful home to raise my family and my four kids. Um, they get to go to the same elementary school that I went to. And so we're just very blessed to be back in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains in Boone, North Carolina. Well, we we praise yeah, we praise the Lord for that, Edward. And I, I, my wife and I, again, as I said earlier, we do marriage conferences and family revivals. And one of the things I share is the tendency for generational slide. By that I mean it's kind of like David serving God with his whole heart, Solomon with half a heart, and Rehoboam no heart. I praise the Lord. Third generation from Billy Graham, and you're still strong, brother. You don't have to do the tendency. You can do the godly, can't you? Yes, sir. I, you, I, I never ran from the, the the Lord or the gospel. wasn't rebelling. He got he, The Lord called me to the military, and that's exactly where I was supposed to be. And I thought I was going to retire from there, and the Lord was – he gave me a wonderful career. I rode on the backs of some great men and women. Um, they never let me fail. I had a great team I was surrounded with. I spent most of my career in special operations. But I felt the calling. Out of nowhere, God changed my heart. I spoke with one of them. We call them Funkles here in the South, fake uncles. Um, he, he called me in one day, and uh, we talked. And after that, I committed to leave and come work alongside my father. My dad had asked me for years to come work for him and help him. As the mayor. As a matter of fact, he had me trapped in an airplane in Alaska. <laughs> dad was on pilot. We're up in the cockpit. And I couldn't go anywhere when he asked me. I was a little angry, but he never asked. I told him, that, no, Dad, I, God has me where he wants me and where he needs me. And that was three years ago. And then all of a sudden, um, and he never asked me again, which I appreciate. doesn't mean Dad didn't send us proxies, but he never asked again. <laughs> um, but we prayed about and God brought me to where he's uh, been training and molding me for, and that's to help, you know, with my father. And uh, there's God's entrusted us with a lot of resources. And I think of Matthew 25 in the story where God gives out um, uh, money and wealth, but it it says uh, in verse 25, he says, he gave to each according to their ability. Yeah. And I want Samaritan's Purse to be one of those organizations that the donors and the church always trust, that they know when they give their money, it will be used to share the name of Jesus Christ without compromise, without fear, and without backing down. My dad says we'll never back down. We don't back down. We keep moving forward. And that's what we're going to do with the name of Jesus Christ and sharing the gospel. Well, as a father, and my son is 
the co-host of this program. I just want to tell you, speak for your father, to work with your son, the next generation, is is more glorious than anything I know. It's just part of who we are as as parents to see our children come along. <clears throat> and that's why Operation Christmas Child, it does that. But so many times, it's the fathers and the mothers coming along with the children after they have received Jesus Christ and they've been discipled in this the greatest journey, the twelve week program of learning more about Christ, learning how to share their faith, teaching them to be bold. So it is a family affair, even Operation Christmas Child, not just from the headquarters, but also when it's sent from the churches to the places that they're intended to go. It's still a part of the family, isn't it? That's right. It is this is if parents that are taking their kids and shopping for these gifts and explaining to them what this is about. You know, and a lot of these shoeboxes we get because people just want to make children smile, and that's nice. Um, but that's not why we're taking shoeboxes over there. Again, it's to share the name of Jesus, that gospel opportunity that we get. But you have that opportunity with your child to explain what you're doing. You pray over that box. You explain to the child your children, the importance of praying and why we pray, Mm. and then you write a letter to that child, hopefully. You don't have to, but we encourage you to write a letter, leave an address, and this is where we see children, even in countries that don't speak English, getting the ability to write back and sharing where we make relationships. Uh, But then you watch these parents that overseas that see their child being blessed and loved on by a stranger, someone that doesn't know their child, well, why is this? And then they listen. And I've been to several of these distributions, and then later the Greatest Journey graduates, and you watch parents, a part of the graduation term, they're making decisions for Christ because of the presentation, and they are also enrolling in the Greatest Journey. It was meant for children, but we'll see. I was in when I, one of the times in Ecuador, I saw about, uh, there's probably about 12 parents at the graduation ceremony wearing the cap and gown, graduating Amen. along with their children. Amen. Well, there's another place you've been recently. I don't know if you've been there, but it's an initiative that Samaritan's Purse is embarking on about the gospel concerning the Pacific Islands. That's right. And I was there. I, you were able to go there. Tell us about yeah, that. Well, I was. I went to Kiribati. Uh, Kiribati is a group of islands that it used to be under British control before World War II, and the Japanese came in. Um, they put a lot of bases on there. One of the islands we're very familiar with, if you understand World War II history. I am in my family because my mother's father, my grandfather, fought on the island of Tarawa. And then he was later uh, on another island shot and wounded on Saipan. But on Tarawa, uh, they call it Terrible Tarawa. So many Marines died because they, they went ashore at low tide. And their craft got stuck out on the reefs, and they just got slaughtered by the Japanese. And we, we cleared it at a great cost. But I was able there to go and visit because my father, when the storms hit Saipan a little over a year and a half right. ago, uh, uh, Samaritan's Purse responded with disaster relief. That is a U.S. territory, Saipan is, and Dad sent our DC-8 cargo aircraft. But when he realized that a lot of these ch- these islands are full of children, and there's a little hope, they have no economies, there's nowhere to go, fishing is the only really you know source of income, and Dad's like, they need to have the hope of Jesus Christ. No one else is here. We need to be there. And I, who is there right now is the Mormon Church. Um, and mm-hmm. so all the more important reason for us to be there and this initiative, uh, but Dad is committed to sharing uh, the name of Jesus Christ, and we're going out and getting that opportunity. I went to Tarwa, and I, this is where I watched these churches, these uh, uh, several different church denominations wouldn't have anything to do with one another. And a pastor shared with us, this OCC is the first time the churches 
have come together since he's been in the ministry. And they're using it as a chance to go out. And we're watching church plants happen there on these small islands in and around Tarawa. Incredible. But Dad is committed to going to a thousand islands. The Pacific is huge. As we fly over it, you're looking down, and you realize all these little tiny islands scattered out there. It's a huge initiative. It's going to take time, but we're committed to doing it. And uh, to train the staff and everyone there, the, how we're used to doing in other countries, it's easy. You think it's easy. It's difficult. We go to Africa and train staff, but as difficult as Africa is to get around, you can still travel in Africa. To travel in the Pacific <laughs> takes a long time. Mm. So we have to train the staff ourselves as we go in. It's a new initiative to train them on their greatest journey, but it's working. We watch thousands of kids go and uh, um, make decisions for Christ on that island, and then we turn around, and the next day they'd already started the greatest journey. And so we know that multiplication is going to happen there as well. And and most of these islands, you'd call them in, in groups. Now, every once in a while, you'll find one that's kind of isolated from the others, that's but right. most of them are in groups, aren't they? They are, and that's the uh, Kiribati is a group of small like atolls and islands that they group together. But they have Christmas Island that basically no one wanted, didn't claim on it. And then Kiribati said, "Well, we'll take Christmas Island. Christmas Island's two thousand miles away." Um, <laughs> and so we we partner with a local businessman there. They gave us one of his boats. He he has the oil contract for the Kiribati government, and he takes gas around to these islands. Well, the whole of the ship's empty because the gas barrels sit upside. He's a believer and a young believer. But he he. Like, I will commit to put the shoeboxes in my hole, and when I take the fuel, then we can deliver the shoeboxes to these islands. So he went all over Kiribati, and now he's making the trip right now to Christmas Island. It's like a 14-day cruise out to Christmas Island in his ship out in the middle of the Pacific. That is one brave man uh, wow. getting out and doing that. But, yeah, these islands, your nearest neighbor, you call them your neighbor, but they can be thousands of miles away. That I mean, that is astonishing when I hear that, Edward. I uh God, here it is, he places people, you know, where he wants them. We talk about the leaders of a country that, you know, he, he puts, builds them up and takes them down. But right. he, he is the great connector, connecting, uh, first of all, connected those islands because of the disaster in Saipan and your dad seeing the need there. And then Operation Christmas Child coming along, having pastors there. That, and the church is working together, and now a businessman who has all those connections because of the oil and gas. <laughs> I, I always come up to this phrase, Edward, only God. That's right. You bring up connections, and I'm glad you brought that up, because the reason we met this man, I mean, how do you meet, I was like, when you start this, and we're going, all right, we're going to Tarawa, was there a church there? Do we have believers? Who do we know? Well, we knew about the Marshall Islands, and we had a friend there that was working, so we called him. And like, hey, do you know anyone in Tarawa? Well, let me make some phone calls. So our guys call. Um, if you're familiar with Arkansas, there's Tyson's Chicken in Arkansas. Yes. Um, well, they went to the Marshall Islands and recruited a lot of Marshallese to come and work in their processing plants in Arkansas because it's a U.S. territory, and they can come in and work there. The church there in Arkansas connected us with a missionary believer that knew someone on Tarawa, a pastor in Tarawa. <laughs> This is the pastor and how we met him, and he's like, well, I have a friend in the shipping business and industry. He can help us with these shoeboxes, and then that's how the story unfolds. It's about God connecting those dots. Just as you said, if you, if you answer the call, if you're not afraid to get out of the boat, just as Peter got out of the boat, he took that step of faith, and he was a part of a miracle that night and got a walk on water. But if he had not taken that step on faith, God would have not have connected those dots for that miracle, and that's exactly what happened in Tarawa. 
And when people pack that shoebox and they pray over it, write that letter, some of them do it online and they want to follow that uh, shoebox to where it is delivered, that is part of the connection. I mean, we and and what you said, that church, the, the churches had never worked together until they came to Operation Christmas Child. It is God. I remember your, I think it was your dad. I was at a meeting. It was your dad or your uncle one was telling us how Operation Christmas Child got started with a church designed to do that. And they enlisted your dad because of Samaritan's Purse. And then it has grown from a church having this possibility of connecting with others to now 168 million, 11 million this year. Uh, The expansion has, God has probably used that as much as anything in our generation to share the gospel as anything I know. Edward, yeah, it's, you... one, it's one of the greatest tools, and I think I'm, my grandfather saw that as he got older, and you look at the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, and my father runs that too, you know, and they've gone to the stadiums of the world. And Dad's used technology, though, to even use you know, the Internet and how you, how you spread evangelism there. But you look at a simple tool like a shoebox and how it's penetrated unreached areas, areas where we didn't think the gospel could go, and we're partnering with an organization called the Seed Company, which does uh, Bible translations, and they're helping us and partnering with us to go after the unreached people groups. And we have a plan to go after so many a year, we're going to start chipping away at this problem, at the unreached people that don't get to hear the gospel. And God is using this shoebox that you're praying over to go after these unreached and bring them the gospel in their language so they can hear it for the first time. Over 160 countries and territories have been reached. Uh, these shoe boxes have gone behind lines that normal quote uh, the gospel wouldn't be as received as readily, and and because of that, uh, the gospel is truly reaching every tribe, every language, every tongue. So when we read Revelation about that great multitude gathering around from every tribe, Operation Christmas Child is going to have its footprint on that, isn't it? That's right. That's right. And it's um, and God just using you know, we're just partnering. You know, I always tell people, Samaritan's Purse is not the church, and we partner with the church everywhere we go because Samaritan's Purse will leave. It might be times after disaster we'll stay there for years, and we might open up a country office. But it's those people we want them looking at their church and going to the church. Um, these kids that make decisions for Christ, they're not coming to Samaritan's Purse. They're not coming to Franklin Grant. They're coming to God. They're coming and make a decision for Jesus Christ. And it's that church's relationship they're going to build with these believers to develop and, and continue to disciple and train them. And when there's not a church, that's where God's planning. We're watching pastors in South America. They're so bold that they're going and building the structure. They're actually building a structure, and we're telling well, there's no there's no people, there's no believers. They're like, ah, but they're coming. They'll come. And after the shoebox distribution, they have a church. Incredible the faith and the power they have in their testimony. Evangelism, discipleship, multiplication, resulting in church plants. You've been listening to Edward Graham. He is, again, the assistant to the vice president of Operation Christmas Child. Uh, Franklin Graham's son, Billy Graham's uh, grandson. Edward, it's been great. And we're finishing up the National Collection Week, November 18th through the 25th. You still have time to pack that shoebox, get it to a collection point, and you can do that by going to AFR.net and, cl- and click on Operation Christmas Child Banner. Edward, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Bert. I appreciate this opportunity, but I appreciate your prayers and your support, so continue to pray for it. 
Only God can do what he's done with Operation Christmas Child. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Right.